So we're back in this series uh, uh, called Fresh Air. In the first couple of weeks, if you're new uh, here or you haven't been here the first couple of weeks, let me sort of uh, catch you up on that. Uh, we have talked about what it means to sort of have the wind back in your cells, that fresh air. And really the first three weeks, we kind of went through some practical ways for that to happen for you. We said the first week that you can't change the outside of you and expect the inside of you to change everybody. That you got to change from the inside out. That religion always works outside in and relationship always works inside out. Amen. That you're going to have to have a change on the inside if you're going to have sort of that fresh air experience with God. We said God wants to sort of take us out of what we called the doldrums or that place where you feel lifeless or listless or there's just no joy, there's no peace, there's no passion. In. And so we said that uh, the, the, the second week we said you got to have an attitude that pleases God, a Christ-like attitude. That was our second fresh air uh, principle. you got to have a Christ-like attitude, something that, you know, the inside of you is changing and it's more like Jesus. And then uh, before Mother's Day, uh, we were, I was preaching in Houston. We joined in uh, in Houston and we talked about the power of rest and sort of slowing down to hear God's voice. That If you want fresh air in your life, you're going to have to turn out all the other noise, everybody. You're going to have to calm down a little bit and slow down a little bit and carve out some time to spend with God. And all of that stuff is good, and I believe all that stuff because I preach all that stuff. But I want to sort of t turn, and matter of fact, today's going to be a decided turn in this series. And I'm going to spend the next couple of weeks uh, sort of moving into uh, the, the real crux of this whole uh, of this whole series and, and really today I said this a couple of days ago that today's kind of the linchpin of this whole series like if you if you if you don't get today then the rest of this isn't going to make any sense to you and really the first part of this isn't going to make any sense because I'm going to talk about we're going to take a turn and move towards talking about the Holy Spirit let me let me push pause right here because I was supposed to tell you this earlier but next week everybody say next week look at your neighbor in the eyeballs and say you have to be here next week Next week is Memorial Day weekend. I don't want you to, listen, if you go out of town, ride in on Sunday morning, come to church, and then go back out of town, put your bathing suit on. Do not come to church in your bathing suit, but put something else on, come to church, and then come back, because next week I have a huge announcement for our church. This is going to be giant news for us uh, moving forward. I am so fired up about telling you that, and I can't, yeah, 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 it's going to be, it's the biggest thing we've done uh, since we launched, and I mean that, like uh, in, in nine months of our church, this is the biggest thing we've done, and we're not pregnant, by the way, nine months, we're not, we're not pregnant, but we are, uh, we are going to just take a next step, and I can't wait to tell you about that, I am so fired up next week, so uh, we're going to carry this series for a couple of weeks through that, so we're going to sort of talk about the Holy Spirit, I don't, I'm not sure what you think about the Holy Spirit, I'm not sure what you think when you hear that, well, you know, when you think about God, we sort of relate to Him as a Father, as God the Father, and, and everybody's okay with that because you have a dad, and you sort of know how to relate to your Father, and then we're okay with Jesus Christ, the Bible calls Him the Son of God, we're okay with sort of, you know, understanding that, and, and this is God come to us in the flesh, and so we think about uh, you know, Jesus who died on the cross, he's a man, he's our Savior. It's easier to get on board with God as our Father and Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world. But when you talk about the Holy Spirit, or in some, in some passages, the Holy Ghost, the Bible would call it, that's sort of when people go, listen, I don't know, I, I'm okay with Father, I'm okay with Son, but that ghost thing, I'm not, it, it ain't even Halloween, okay, somebody? I'm not good on that ghost. So, and, and the reason is, and I'll be honest with you, I don't believe people reject the doctrine of the Holy Spirit or the operation or the moving. I, matter of fact, I think just the opposite. I think most people want an encounter and to know God as the Holy Spirit 
and as the, the presence of God and moving in our lives. I just think the packaging of the Holy Spirit is all wrong. I really do. I think that, that most people just reject the way the Holy Spirit's been preached and practiced and presented. And you see it on TV or you see it in other religious experiences or maybe the religious experience you grew up in. And you think, man, if that's it, I don't want anything to do that. It sounds weird. It sounds like Halloween. I don't want to get on with that. And so we're going to just start a conversation today. I'm not going to tell you everything. And really, I don't think I could if I preached now till the end of the year about the Holy Spirit. I couldn't tell you everything about it. But I do want to sort of introduce you to, to, to the Holy Spirit of the Bible. Listen, not the Holy Spirit of my denomination or the Holy Spirit of your religious tradition or where you grew up. But whatever this book says about the Holy Spirit, that's what I want to introduce you to. Amen, everybody? So that's going to be our sort of guide for this. You know, our theme verse for this series has been Deuteronomy 30. It says, This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death and blessings and cursing. Now choose life, everybody. We said that's the thing. And so... There's this disconnect that sort of happens in Christianity between, you know, understanding who the Holy Spirit is. And it's, it's really, I'll be honest with you, I think it's packaging, but I also think it's a translation problem. And I don't mean English to Spanish because, you know, I think Spanish is the language of heaven. I think everybody's going to speak Spanish in heaven. But I think that, I think that it's a translation problem in the Bible. I think that oftentimes there's some words there that were translated that sort of they mess up the way that you view God and spirit or ghost is one of those. How many of you know this book was not written in King James English? Does everybody know that, everybody? This is not an English document. William Shakespeare didn't write it. I know it sounds like he did. But he didn't write it. Maybe you grew up thinking that, but he didn't. Most of your Bible, the Old Testament, is written in Hebrew. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. And your New Testament was written in Greek, mainly in Greek. So Hebrew in the Old Testament and Greek in the New Testament. That was the language of the era. And so now that English is widely used and, and universally, this is sort of how you read your Bible. But it wasn't used when your Bible was written or translated. It was translated into English, but it was written in either Hebrew or Greek. So there's some translations that happen that sometimes don't give you the full picture of what the original writers meant. And one of those translations is Holy Spirit. When you come across that in your Bible, the word spirit or the word ghost in your Bible, some translations have it as ghost and some have it as spirit. You'll get confused really fast. And it's mentioned 800, over 800 times in the Bible. But there's really no one English word that translates well what the Bible really meant to say. There's really no one word for that. So the translator just kind of went with spirit or ghost when they translate it, but it's really not one English word that sort of makes it better because there's so many facets to this meaning when we talk about the Holy Spirit. And so let me sort of give you some Bible, and I know that you're not in seminary today. Let me sort of help you understand this because if you're going to understand the Holy Spirit and His moving in your life, you really need to know who He is first, so you'll know how to relate to Him, everybody. So it sort of demystifies and despookifies who the Holy Spirit is. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. In the Old Testament, in Hebrew, the word ruach is the word that we interpret as spirit in the Old Testament. And it just means this. It means a wind or a breath or a violent exultation or this blast of breath. That sounds like fresh air, doesn't it, everybody? It just, it just, it literally means like if you had a Hebrew lexicon, every time you saw the word spirit, it would really be wind or violent sort of moving of wind. Genesis, the first chapter, the second verse in all of the Bible says this that now the earth was formless and was empty, and darkness was over the face of the earth. Genesis 1 and 2. 
And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. When you see that word spirit right there, underline that in your Bible, that's the word ruach. In other words, there's wind there. There was the breath of God. Literally, there was this violent, big blast, like this big exhale. And that's the word that we interpret as Spirit of God in there. So, so when the Bible says that, that He spoke or He breathed everything into existence, that's the thing. It's talking about that Spirit of God as the wind of God or the breath of God. Literally, that's what it means in Hebrew. In the New Testament, you'll find that same exact thing that we interpret as Holy Spirit is pneuma. If you're taking notes, would you write that down? In Greek, it's pneuma. It just means a current of air or a blast of breath or a strong breeze. It literally means fresh air, everybody. It just means the wind and breath and air. And so every time you see Holy Spirit, the better translation would be holy wind. But that doesn't sound quite as good, does it, everybody? And so the, the translator said, well, wind doesn't make any sense right there. So let's go, with, let's go with spirit or let's go with ghost. But holy wind is really a better translation. It's that blast of air. It's literally, listen, the breath of God. The Holy Spirit is literally that breath of God. And John 6 says it this way, that the Spirit or the wind of God gives life and the flesh counts for nothing. And he said, these words I've spoken to you are spirit, their wind, and their life. It just makes sense that, that wind gives us life. Isn't that what we've been saying for the past several weeks? That if you get God's presence in your life, it sort of puts wind back in your cells. It's that, it's that fresh breath that kind of fills your lungs up. It's that air that sort of, it just fills you up again. And you think, man, that's what, and, and that's what I really need. That's that life giving. If I want something to sort of blow me out of the doldrums and blow me out of this listless and lifeless experience, I need a strong wind. That strong wind, everybody, is the Holy Spirit. Say amen to that. He said, not only does the Spirit, the wind of God, give you life, but he said flesh counts for nothing. Now, he didn't mean literally like your flesh. He's just saying this, that from the outside, you can't fix this, everybody. This is what we already said. In other words, on the, you can't work from the outside in. Human efforts aren't going to get you this. It's got to be something from the inside out. You're not going to get unstuck in your life because of stuff you do. You're going to get unstuck because the wind of God, the breath of God, the Holy Spirit moves into your life. And then he says that everything in this book is not just nice ideas. Everything I'm preaching to you in this Bible is not just, this isn't Dr. Phil. This is not like any other book. He said that the words in this book are the plan of God. They give you life. 2 Timothy says it this way. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture, listen, is God breathed. That's a better translation. And useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. So when you read your Bible, it literally contains the power of God to give you what it is you need from God. You ever, you ever needed something and, and just been praying and think, man, God, I need an answer. I need to hear something. I, I need to know what to do. And you've opened your Bible. And, and then as soon as you open your Bible, like the thing that you needed was right there. Does that ever happen to you? The reason that happens is because the Spirit of God breathes into His Word. This is... This is so much better than just reading this book as like a book of poetry or a book of good ideas. No, no, no. This is God's Word to me. And when I read God's Word, the Bible says that the Spirit sort of gives it life to me. And then it, it opens the pages of that book and it, they, they come to life. And I want to help you sort of understand what that means. When you read about the Holy Spirit in this Bible, when you hear about what's happening. Because here's, here's the truth of the matter. When I see what the Holy Spirit does in this book... I don't want it to just stay in this book. I want it to happen in my life, everybody. 
I want what I read about in here to happen in here. I want the experiences that are in this book. If this book says the Holy Spirit gives me joy, I want to have joy because it says I can have that. If it says I can have peace, I want to, I want to have peace again because it says I can have that. If it says it can help me control my temper, come on somebody, I, wa- I want to have temperance because it says I can have that. Now, Whatever that book says, if it says that it gives me, it, it, that it fills me up, that it gives me passion again, I want to have. If it says it gives me power, everybody. I want to have power. Come on. If it says it makes me a witness. Now, now, I'm, now I'm preaching. If it, if it makes me. In other words, if it gives me power to do the assignment that God's given me. I want to do that. I don't want to live a powerless existence. And I want power to do the thing God called me to do. And here's the thing that is probably different about our church than maybe any other spiritual church that you've ever been to. I don't think that you need the Holy Spirit just for you. I think you need the Holy Spirit to do what it is God's called you to do. I think that the Holy Spirit is the power that God gives you when He puts you on assignment. And I think everybody's on assignment. That's why we say here that we want you to discover your purpose so that you can make a difference in the world. How do you really make a difference? How do you really find your purpose? I'll tell you how. Because that Holy Spirit inside of you gives you the power to do the thing God called you to do, uniquely called you to do. So I just I want to I want to help you through that. I want to introduce you to the Holy Spirit today and sort of the moving of the Holy Spirit in your life and sort of demystify that. I heard somebody say the other day preaching about the Holy Spirit. This is I don't mean to be offensive, but this is super funny to me when somebody said when, when they when they hear about the Holy Spirit or or if you're from church like me, the, the Holy Ghost moving in your life. You think, man, there's only two times I've ever heard that. I don't know. It, people that talk about the Holy Ghost all the time either wear a lot of makeup or no makeup at all. <laughs> I thought that was the funniest way to talk about that. They either wear a lot of makeup on TV or no makeup at all. And maybe you know one of those two different camps. Listen, we're going to set all that stuff aside that we think we know about it. And we're just going to go to the Bible and see what the Bible says. Amen, everybody? So if wind is the best interpretation of that, I want to give you some ways to talk about wind. and sort of. I want you to see the Holy Spirit. As the wind of God. Here's some things I want you to write down. Here's the first thing. That wind is unseen. You can't see it. It's invisible. It doesn't have color. Now you can see the effects of wind. You can see the trees blow. You can see you know, things bend over in the wind. But you can't see wind. So it is with the Holy Spirit. It's unseen. And this is what is so hard for people to sort of wrap their heads around. Because the Holy Spirit's unseen. And it's tough for some people to sort of make logical sense of something that they can't explain perfectly. And if I can't explain it or see it, I'd rather have nothing to do with it. And my friends, that can't, that's a terrible decision. It bugs a lot of people that they just can't explain God. It, God doesn't fit inside this box, especially the Holy Spirit. I've got this box I want to put Him in. And if He doesn't fit in the box, then I'm just afraid of it. I'm scared of it. Let, let me, I, I, I don't, I don't want to, if I can't fully understand, let me say something, I don't mean to be offensive to you, but if you can fully understand your God, then your God is too small, everybody. If you can fully explain it, I grew up believing, I really did. I spent most of my childhood and some of my adult life believing that I knew everything there was to know about God. And if you didn't believe me, just ask. You didn't really have to ask, I'd just tell you. And I, I had this sort of spiritual arrogance that I was raised with, that I, I had figured God out, and I could tell you what was wrong about, about you, what you believed about God, and I knew everything about God. Let me tell you something. If you know everything about God, then your God's too small. If you know it all, then you're God and He's not, everybody. 
So the Holy Spirit is something you just can't put in a box and say, well, I completely understand this. I know everything there is to know about this. No, no, no. Listen, when God comes to us as the Holy Spirit, it's that wind and it's unseen. I can't see it and taste it and touch it. And so I can't make sense of it all the time. But it doesn't mean that it isn't real, everybody. Just because I can't see wind doesn't mean wind doesn't exist, everybody. There's nothing like knowing that something's there when I can't see it. There's nothing like being in the manifest presence of God. And I don't know how to explain it. And, and, and some of you are going to not be able to put language to this. Let me, let me do the best that I can. But I don't know if you've ever had a moment like this. Sometimes in church, a lot of times in church, but sometimes it's in your car. When you just know you're praying or you're in church and you're worshiping, your hands are up, tears are falling out of your eyes, you're just singing, and you just feel. Feel the presence of God. Do you know what I'm talking about, everybody? Just shake your head this way if you know what I'm talking about. You don't even know how to explain it. I don't know where it came from. I don't know if Graylin brought it in with him. I don't know where it, I don't know where it happened. I don't know if there's a guitar. What is it? I'm in my car and I'm listening to something. And, and man, just God's presence is there. And I don't know. I don't know. How'd you get in my car? How'd you, where'd you come from? And the windows weren't even down. How'd you get in here? How, where, where did the wind blow from? That's, that's the way the Holy Spirit is. I don't know where it comes from. It's unseen, but I know that it's there. And when it happens, listen close. When you have an encounter with that wind from God, the Holy Spirit that blows in your life, you will begin to crave that experience over and over and over in your life. Now you'll want to have that experience with God Daily. Now you'll think, man, if this is available to me, everybody, I want to know God on that level. Can you say amen to that? Like, I want to know God on that level when I can't explain it. I've had to tell people the last couple of months who visited us, there's this, there's something going on here. I had somebody just several weeks ago tell Brandy, my wife, they said in the middle of service, she said, I really don't know what to tell you. I couldn't control it. Like, it was just warm and I felt... God's presence and I was crying and it was just it was inside and outside I don't know if it was on my skin or in my skin I don't know where it was and I said man that's the presence of God you can't really see it you can't really explain it but but that's what it is that's that breeze nobody wants to come to church and not feel that amen everybody that's why we believe in a spirit-filled church because nobody wants to sit on your back deck anybody have a back deck that you like anybody have a lake that you want to invite me over and sit on your back deck I'm just I'm, I'm putting it out there too I don't want to with a nice pool Caleb I'm just saying if you got something nice that I can sit out on the back uh, with you and, and you can grill for me Caleb it, it's something nice I'm just, I'm, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just suggesting. If you, if you sit on the back deck in Houston, you hate your life, everybody. Come on. You just sweat. You just, now I'm big anyway, so I sweat easy. So you just, it's humid. You hate your life. You think there's flies and mosquitoes everywhere. I, I grew up in Arkansas, so mosquitoes are our state bird. They're just, they're big. They're everywhere. And you just sweat all the time. It's humid all the time. But when the hill country, when you sit outside on the back of Caleb's deck, there's a breeze blowing, everybody. You know what I'm talking about? Come on. That's why we planned this church here, because of that right there. Nobody wants to sit on the deck and not have a breeze. You want to have a breeze blowing over you. Listen, nobody wants to come to church and not feel that breeze of His presence. Feel that breeze that comes into your life and think, man, I don't know where it comes from. I can't see it, but I just feel it. And this is what church is supposed to feel like. 
I just want this stuff. I don't just want to read about this stuff in the Bible. I want that stuff in me. I want it happening in our church. I want it happening in our city, everybody. If the Bible says that people can be healed of all manner of diseases, I want this church to be the church where sick people come and they get healed, everybody. Amen? I want this to be the place where marriages are restored and lives are put back together. Addictions are broken off of people and homes are put back together. If it happens here... I want the wind of God's presence to blow through here so powerfully, even when I can't see it, even when I can't explain it, that it happens for me. And honestly, sometimes there's a gap between what I read in the Bible and what I experience in my life. And if that's true in your life, this series is for you. If there's a gap between what you read in this Bible, you think, man, that seems like power and boldness. And how did they have strength to do that? How, where did that joy come from? Where did that passion come from? That's the Holy Spirit. I, I love how, how this happens. Wind is unseen, but Jesus, uh, Jesus says, listen, there's something about believing in something you can't see. John 20 and 29, Jesus is talking to Thomas. You know him if you grew up in Sunday school as doubting. Thomas and Jesus told Thomas he said because you have seen me you have believed listen close but blessed are those who have not seen and still they believe he said it's one thing for you to see it and believe it it's a whole nother matter there's a blessing that comes with I can't see it but I just know that God's presence is here everybody if you're going to have a real intimate close passionate dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit you're going to have to get used to You're going to have to get ready for. You're going to have to be okay with feeling him and not seeing him. Amen, everybody? Here's the second thing that wind is. Wind is unpredictable. It's just unpredictable. It's true. Brandy and I uh, lived through Hurricane Katrina. It's just unpredictable. It is massively strong, but it's unpredictable. You never know where it's coming from or how it's... You ever flown in on an, uh, on an airplane? I, Brandy and I used to fly a whole lot in my, the early part of my ministry. We'd fly a lot around the country together, and I'd preach in different locations. Since we had kids, uh, we're both scared to death uh, to fly because we don't want to die and, and leave our kids, you know, to y'all. So anyway, we're, so she, she won't, I'm kidding. She won't fly. And then, and then I, now I got scared. I took a long overseas trip and I don't know. It just, anyway, but when you fly, you ever, you ever been landing and there'd be like a lot of wind and turbulence, you know what I'm talking about. And you're just kind of holding on for dear life. And like, just out of the blue, there's this like wind that hits the plane. You go this way and then, then you go this way and then you go up and you go down. You don't know which way it's coming. You ever flown in some, anybody ever done that? You don't know where the wind's coming from. You just like, it just comes at you from every direction. The Bible says, John 3 and 8, Jesus answered this way, that the wind blows wherever it pleases. Now guess where that word wind comes from, everybody? It comes from the word pneuma. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. That's the one time in your whole Bible they interpreted that word as wind. That's the actual word. Every other time you'll see it interpreted, it's Holy Spirit. But there, they wrote the word wind. They actually got it right. That's actually the right word. Jesus said, the wind blows wherever it pleases. And you hear its sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. Listen, so it is with everybody who has an encounter with, who's born of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, listen, if you're going to have the Holy Spirit living in your life, active and empowering inside of you, you're going to have to get used to the fact that you can't pin Him down to a certain way of doing things. The wind is unpredictable. It takes faith 
to believe in that. It takes faith to please God, the Bible said. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him because the Holy Spirit is often unpredictable in your life. And and the reason is because God chooses sort of different ways to get your attention. Let me give you a great biblical example of this. In, In the Old Testament, Moses has an assignment from God, and God speaks to Moses how? Through a burning bush. This, this bush sort of catches on fire. The Bible said it's not consumed, so it's not burnt up, but it's on fire. Moses takes his shoes off, and the Bible says he's on holy ground, and God speaks to him and gives him instruction about the next assignment that he has for him. Now, let, let me ask you this. What if that happened today on this stage? First of all, it freaked me out. I'd probably leave, and I'd let Brother Brett preach the rest of his message. I don't know what, I don't know what I'd do if that happened. But here's, here's, here's probably what would happen. We would then begin to interpret if God spoke out of this fire in this burning bush, we would think that must be the way that God speaks to us. And so we would expect Him to always speak to us the same way. If Moses would have said, well, this is the only way God talks to me, then every time he went up to a bush, he would just be like, go, burn, tell me something. And no other bush ever burned. Listen, in the history of mankind, no other bush has ever caught fire and not been consumed. God has never spoken to anybody else, to my knowledge, through a burning bush except that one time. You know why? Because you're never going to get God locked into this is the only way He's going to move. And some of us grew up in religious tradition and think it has to look like this. It has to go like that. It has to be like this. And the Holy Spirit says, no, 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 you're never going to quite figure it out. It's just unpredictable. It's going to blow where it wants to blow. I'm going to fill up who I want to fill up. I'm going to use who I want to use. You ever looked at somebody and think, man, why did God use them? I know that joker. Like, I don't even know why God used them. Listen, in the Bible, God used a donkey. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit said, I'll do whatever I want to do. I'm moving whatever church I want to move in. I'm moving whatever group of people I want to move in. I I saw something the other day about the the, the Chinese church. It's no longer an underground church as much as it used to be. There There are literally millions of brothers and sisters in China who are having an encounter with the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit says, I don't care what the communist government says. I don't care what y'all vote in or don't vote in or who's in charge of what. I'm going to do what it is I want to do in the lives of people. Amen, everybody. It's just unpredictable. You're not going to be able to box that in. And that's very difficult when somebody... In the New Testament, in Mark's Gospel, there was there was somebody, Jesus was touching people and He was healing them. Uh, Caleb, come here. You, you, it's what you get for sitting on the front row on your phone. Come here. You were looking at you version. I know you were, but Jesus is touching people and healing them. And I don't know if it was like, I don't know if it was like TBN, like He was he was healing and they were falling out. Don't fall out. Don't, don't, don't. don't, don't, don't. But the Bible said he was touching them and he was healing them. And so there was this line of people and he was touching them and he was healing them and touching them and he was healing them. And then the Bible said that there was somebody that came and he had a blind friend. And he told his blind friend, hey, maybe Jesus will touch you and heal you. So the blind guy, close your eyes at least. Come on, bub, be blind. The blind guy, why are you doing it like that? You're not a zombie, bub. Just close your eyes. So the blind guy comes and he thinks... Jesus is going to do the thing he's always been doing. So his buddy's like, hey, do the hand thing. You know the hand thing where you touch him and he's healed. You know what I'm saying? Do the hand thing. Like where he falls out. And Jesus doesn't touch the blind guy. Jesus reaches down, spits in the mud, makes a mud pie, and jams it in my boy's eyes. I'm not going to do that. Don't worry. Don't worry about that. Everybody around is going, this has got to be crazy. I thought you were doing the touching thing. Why did you do the mud pie thing? And then then the Bible said he cleanses it out and, and he opened his eyes. 
he had healed him of blindness. Now let me ask, if you're blind and you come back to Jesus, what do you want him to do? Do the mud pie thing. Do the mud pie thing again. You know the thing where you fix? Never again, anywhere in recorded in the scripture, thanks Caleb, did God ever heal anybody with a mud pie. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. The Holy Spirit, like the wind, is unpredictable. You're going to have to get used to God's presence moving in a way that you may not have ever seen Him move before in your life. If you're going to really have this fresh air experience, this encounter with God, it's going to be unpredictable and you're not going to be able to corner Him and say, well, God's got to do it this way, everybody. Say amen to that. Here's the third thing I want you to know about wind. Wind is powerful. Everybody say it's powerful. Come on, everybody say it's powerful. Wind can create energy. It can move huge ships. It can knock down cities. Hurricane Sandy, you know, almost destroyed New York City. Hurricane Katrina, the Gulf Coast. It's just, it's powerful. Listen, let me just be real honest with you right here. Let me go on record in telling you, I have no interest in serving a powerless God. Amen, everybody? I just wouldn't get out of bed for that. I'd be honest with you. I'd be in bed right now. Watch. Well, we'd probably be up watching PJ Masks eating cereal. But I'm just saying, I wouldn't, get, I wouldn't come to church if I didn't believe God was all powerful I just wouldn't do it if I didn't believe the Holy Spirit had power to move in my life I don't want to talk about a God who used to do stuff back then well that was only for those people God only did it for them here's what I want if God can do it for anybody I think He can do it for me amen everybody I think He can do it in my life I want power in my life He's got power to change our lives God's got power to heal people God's got power to raise us out of our slumps and out of the doldrums. He's got power to, to make you a witness. As a matter of fact, the Bible said when the Holy Spirit comes on you, the first thing He empowers you to do is to be a witness. That's why I've always found it interesting. People who claim to have the Holy Spirit living inside them, they ever bring anybody to church. Oh, I'm pastoring at 9 o'clock in the morning, somebody. If, you, if you're not witnessing and bringing people to church, it's, it's hard for me to believe the Holy Spirit's working in your life. Because the very first thing the Holy Spirit does when He comes on you, it gives you power to be my witnesses. That's what Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do. It's powerful to change our lives. It's powerful to move. That's why Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians. He said, my message and my preaching did not come with wise and pervasive or persuasive words, but they came with, everybody listen, a demonstration of the Spirit's power that wins power. So that, so that people wouldn't come to church and go, well, when that guy preaches, everything happens. When that, that, guy's, when that guy says something, my, my preacher does this and this thing happens. He said, no, 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 I don't want your faith to rest in human effort or wisdom. But when you come to church, I want you to say, God, I want an encounter with your power. I want a powerful church. I want a church that changes my life. A church where I experience God's presence. And that presence changes me. Here's what I, here's what I often say to you in Growth Track. If you've ever been through Growth Track here, our membership process at City Hills, I tell you this, if you'll give us one year, I really do. I ask everybody who comes to church here, give us a year. Get, just go all in for, for one whole year. Go to Growth Track, get on the team, get in a connect group, serve on the dream team, tithe, give. Just I want you to go all in. And if you'll do that in one year, I think your life will be completely different. I really do. I think it will transform everything about your life. But if, you, if, you, if you're going to do that, 
And after a year, if your life isn't changed, we're failing you as a church. Because here's what I think. I think you ought to always be transformed. I think it's powerful to change our lives. You say, well, I've been serving God for 20 years. It doesn't matter. I think on year 21, you ought to be different than you were on year 20, everybody. I think there ought to be some power of God that's changing your life. And the issue with a lot of Christians today, listen close, is that this power goes beyond the natural. That's why the Bible, it's a supernatural power. It's God's power. It's not normal power. It's not our working. Normal's not changing anybody's life, everybody. Normal doesn't change our country, everybody. Normal isn't changing lives. Normal isn't healing the sick. I don't want a normal experience with God. I want a powerful experience with God. I want a supernatural experience with God. I want something that changes everything about me. I love this. One of the premier revivalists and evangelists of our century's name is Charles Finney. If you've never heard of Charles Finney, he was a, a dynamic evangelist and revivalist. And most historians believe that 500,000 people gave their lives to Jesus under the ministry of Charles Finney. And I love, this is a direct quote. I don't usually read you a direct quote like this, but I thought this was so profound. He said this, but as I turned and I was about to take a seat by the fire, he's sort of giving you this account of his life. He's sitting by the fireplace. He said, I received a mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me. I love that. Body and soul. He said, I couldn't really explain it. It just seemed to went through me. He said, I can feel the impression like a wave of electricity. Listen to this line. Going through and through me. And it seemed to come in waves and waves. This is my favorite part of liquid love. I love how he said that. He said it was just waves of liquid love through me. And I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. You know why it seemed that way? Because that's what it was. It's the, the Holy Spirit is that very breath of God that comes in you. And it moves in your life. And it doesn't fit into anything that you've got. It doesn't fit into any box that you had. And you can't explain it. And some people have made it crazy. Listen close to me. Some people have made it wild and out of order. Some people have gone cra- Some people have been told in their religious experience that the Holy Spirit isn't for us today. It was only for people, you know, in the Bible. It was only for, for first century believers. It's not for you. And the other side of that is some people believe it's, you, you know, you act crazy and you knock stuff over and you run around, take your shirt off or whatever it is that just crazy stuff happens to you. And I don't want anything to do with that. And listen, both of those two extremes are wrong. Both of those two sides are wrong. One side that says it's not really for me. I don't want anything to do with it. And the other side says it makes me go crazy and everything. It's just charismania more than it is an encounter with God. Both of those two things are wrong. But there is something that's powerful about it. And just because you've seen it the wrong way doesn't mean it isn't real. Just because you may have seen it abused doesn't mean it isn't real. And listen close. Let me, let me say this too. I want to tell you this. Just because you've been turned off by some people who have lived a spirit-filled life And you think, man, if that's it, I don't want anything. Because they make me feel like, listen close, like a second class Christian. Look at my eyes and I want you to hear me before you hear anything else that I tell you about the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit or Him moving in your life. You are not a second class Christian just because you haven't encountered the Holy Spirit like somebody else has, like maybe I have. I don't ever want you to feel like I'm less than because I haven't. But I do want you to say, whatever God has for me, I want more of it. There's a difference in you feeling less than and you just feeling like I've got enough. I don't ever want you to feel less than, but I don't ever want you to feel like I've got enough either. I want everything God's got for me, everybody. I just want more of everything. If he's got it, I want in on it. 
Here's what the Bible says in Acts 1, and we're almost done today. Jesus is trying to give his disciples sort of the power that they need to go do the stuff that he's called them to do. Acts 1 and 5, Jesus said, for John baptized with water. That's when you get saved. He said, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Two distinct things happen there. He said, there's two things that happen right there. John baptized you with water. But in a few days you're going to get power and baptism of the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him and they said, Lord, are you going to do this at, the, at this time? Are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? I love this. Jesus is trying to tell them about the baptism of power and Holy Spirit is going to come on that. And just like, like they, they have an attention span of like my two-year-old, they go, okay, good, Jesus. Hey, listen, let's talk about Israel for a moment. Let me ask you about what's going to happen. Jesus said, no, 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 I don't, I'm not going to talk about that right now. I want you to catch this. He said, it's not for you to know the times or the dates that the Father has set by His own authority. Jesus said, even the Son doesn't, doesn't know. Only the Father knows those dates. He said, but, Jesus just goes right back to it, and He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Jesus had an agenda that he, the, the disciples had questions about other stuff, and Jesus said, no, 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 this is the thing I want you to know. I want you to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And listen, I'm just telling you, the next couple of weeks, I've got an agenda. I want you to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I want you to know God as the Holy Spirit moving in your life. I want you to know that powerful move of God's presence in your life. I, I want you to know what it's like to sort of experience that power of God in you. That gives you strength. Not weird. Not outlandish. Not make you do crazy stuff. But it literally puts the wind back in your cells. It's that fresh air. that It's the only thing I think that's going to really blow you out of the doldrums. So, so you say, well, how, how does that happen? How, how does that happen? Romans 8 says the Spirit of God or the breath of God who raised Jesus from the dead, it's going to live inside of you. And just as God raised Jesus from the dead, He'll give life to your mortal bodies. He'll give us what? Life. If I want life, He said, this is how it's going to happen. You get life by the same Spirit of God living inside of you. So when I tell you I want you to have life, when I tell you Deuteronomy 30 says choose life, here's what I really mean. I want you to choose to have an encounter and an experience with the Holy Spirit. I don't want you to close it off. I, I want you to know God as the Father. I want you to know God as a Father. I want you to know Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, came to save you of your sins. He paid the price that you could be saved. That's what we celebrate in communion. That's what the cross is all about. But I don't want you to stop without knowing intimately power, the presence of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, how did I do that? Let me give you, I got 30 seconds. I'm going to tell you three simple ways. I want you to write this down. Everybody in the room, I want you writing in your phone, writing on your sermon notes. You ready? Here's the first thing you're going to have to do. You're going to have to let go of your fears and misconceptions. You're just going to have to let go of your fears and, and misconceptions. I, I love this church for a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons I love you. I mean that. You're my favorite people in all the world. I promise you. I promise you. I love preaching here more than I love preaching anywhere else. One of the reasons why is because there's so many people from different backgrounds. There are people here who, who are Presbyterians and Baptists and Catholics and Methodists and Pentecostals and Baptocostals. I'm kind of Pentecostal. I'm kind of Baptist. I don't know what I am. Church of Christ. And then my most favorite people who attend our church are none of the above. Come on, everybody. You're just D. You're just, you met Jesus at City Hills. Those are my favorite people in all the world. You say, I don't even know if I'm any of those things. I just, I know I met Jesus here. We're going to have to let go of all that stuff we think we've heard or know about the Holy Spirit. We're just going to have to go to the Bible. And I'm going to have to let go of all of my fears and my misconceptions. 
Psalms 34 and 4 says this, I sought the Lord and He answered me. Listen, when I went to God, I didn't go to my denomination. I didn't go anywhere. I just went to God. I went to His Word. I sought the Lord and He answered me. And then here's what He did. He delivered me from all of my fears. If you'll go to God and ask Him for the Holy Spirit, I promise you, you're going to have to let go of that fear. He'll take all the fear of what you don't know away. Here's the second thing you're going to do if you want an encounter with God's presence. You're going to have to go all in. You cannot go halfway in seeking God with your life. Some of the frustration some of you have with Christianity is you're trying to do it halfway. And you can't do it halfway. You can't have an experience with the Holy Spirit and only go halfway. You've got to go all in. Jeremiah 29 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. That means you got to go all in. That means you got to go to God and go, God, whatever experience you have for me, that's what I want. I'm going to seek you with all of my heart. I'm not going to halfway worship God. I'm going to give you my everything. I'm not just going to put my toe in the water of this. I'm going to jump all the way in. You know when you go to a swimming pool in the summer, like at Caleb's house, come on somebody. When you go to a pool in the summer and it's cold and you just try to put your foot in like this and you think, oh, I don't want to get in there. Anybody ever done that? And then at some point you just realize, Brandy always tells my kid, you're just going to have to jump in. Like you're just going to have, if you'll just jump all the way in, you're going to go away. Listen to me. If you're going to have an experience of the Holy Spirit, you can't just stick your toe in the water. You're just going to have to jump all the way in. You're going to have to go in and say, okay, God, I'm all in on this. I want this in my life. Here's the last thing that that my prayer for you is. This is really my prayer for you this whole series. I want you to develop an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an it to Him. It is literally God's presence. It's the breath of God coming to you. I want you to have an intimate friendship with Him. I I love this. I found this in the message translation of the Bible, the message paraphrase of the Bible. I love the way Paul is wrapping up his letter to the Corinthians. And this is his benediction. This is his final prayer. Matter of fact, this is going to be my benediction over you today. 2 Corinthians 13 and 14. He says it this way. The amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ and the I'm sorry the extravagant love of God he said the amazing grace of Jesus and the extravagant love of the father and the intimate friendship I love that language of the holy spirit be with all of you my prayer for you is that you know Jesus Christ and the amazing grace of Jesus. My first prayer for you. If you're, if you're going to come to God, you're going to have to first come through Jesus. No man can come to the Father. you got to go through Jesus. He's the only way and truth and life. you got to come by the way of the cross. you got to give your whole heart to that. Jesus had to die so you and I can be saved. That's amazing grace, everybody. Say amen to that. And when, you, when He saves you, when you get grace in your life, then you really know the extravagant love of a father. The father who, who loves you and fixes you and, and makes everything right in your life and wraps His arms around you and surrounds you. That's the love of the Father. He said, then... Then I want you not to just stop it when you're saved by the grace of Jesus Christ or you experience the love of the Father. He said, I want you to have an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. I want you to develop a daily walking with Him. Talking. The old song says He walks with me and He talks with me and He tells me I'm His own. I I want you to have a relationship, an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit, everybody. Why don't you stand and take somebody by the hand, bow your heads and I'm going to pray for you. 
And that's my prayer really for you. That's that principle I want you to have today is I want you to have an experience with the Holy Spirit. I want to demystify. It's not something crazy or wild or outlandish. It's literally the breath of God. It's that mighty wind that would blow into your life and sort of take you out of the doldrums. Why don't you close your eyes and let me, let me pray for you, Father. I pray for that kind of encounter. Matter of fact, I want everybody in the room to sort of raise your hands. You don't have to raise them high. You just sort of raise them right here and kind of open them up like a funnel. Would you do that? Father, I, I just believe that it's your will that every person, every person, every person has an intimate friendship, a relationship, an experience with the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit isn't weird. It isn't spooky. As a matter of fact, it's powerful. It's peace and it's joy and it's, it's all the stuff I've been missing out in my relationship with God. It's power to be able to do the assignment you've called me to do. It's, it's, it's the thing that I, I can't really explain it. I do, I really, it's unseen. I can't really put my finger on it. But I know this. I want everything you have for me. So Jesus, with every hand raised and, and with our eyes closed, I just pray literally in this moment, I pray the Holy Spirit blow through this place. I pray over the course of the next couple of weeks that we would just be open to an encounter with the Holy Spirit. The driving in our cars. That in our prayer time at home. That when we sat down, we would just pray and say, Holy Spirit, won't you come? Whatever you have for me, I want. Whatever it does in my life, I want it to do. Cleanse me and, and baptize me and fill me up. Over and I want that experience like Charles Finney said. I want that... I want that waves of God's Spirit moving through me. I want that liquid love He described it as, just baptizing me, all in me, through me, body and soul, inside out. I want that experience. God, if you have it for me, I want it. Now, nobody's looking around, and if you've never, you've never surrendered your heart to Jesus, that's the first thing you got to do. you got to come to Jesus first. So I want you to pray a simple prayer like that. Say, Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins. Jesus, I repent. Everything inside of me, I give to you. God, I need your amazing grace. That amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ. I pray, wash me in your blood. Wash me, God, because of the cross. God, I believe that God raised you from the dead, Jesus. And in light of that, I can have new life today. So I give you my whole heart. God, I go hard after you. I seek you with all of my heart. I'm not going halfway. I'm going all in today. I'm making a fresh start with God today, and I want an experience with your presence and your spirit. Now, Father, my final prayer over this congregation. Well, come on, raise your hands high. Let me pray that prayer over you. My final prayer over you is that you would know that you would know the amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ. That you would know Him in the power of His resurrection to save you from your sins. I pray that you would know the extravagant love of God the Father. A Father who loves you right where you are. Right where your sin is. Everything that you've done. That the God of all creation would wrap His arms around you. And the Father would surround you in His love. And I pray my benediction prayer over you is that you would know Him. In the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. Let that be with you all. In Jesus mighty name. Everybody shout a big amen. Come on, let's give God praise, everybody.